Welcome to the Solo Podcast. My name is Johnny Diaz and I am your host. And on this episode, we're interviewing Frank Escobedo, Prop Master. Frank has worked on a lot of shows. Frank is now also retired, so he has a lot of good juicy stories and doesn't mind sharing them because who's going to fire him? You know what I mean? No one. The guy is now having a drink in a hand, feet up on a hammock, chilling. You know what I mean? When I went over there, he was being fed grapes by his daughter, Alicia. So, like, he's he's living the life right now. Um, good guy, solid dude. He put in his time, worked in the, in the industry for a lot of years. And one of his first shows was actually Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. And it's one of the first sci-fi shows of all time. Also, he worked on Beretta with a guy named Robert Blake. If you're aware of that name, then you should be uh, raising your eyebrows as much as I am right now. And also, he worked on one of my favorite personal shows, Deadwood. So he worked on that show, and that's one of my all-time favorites. He talks about weaponry and what happens when a gun misfires. Now, I will say that this episode is broken down into two episodes. So episode one is him spilling a lot of beans episode two is him spilling all the beans everything you got left so check them out if you're interested in the prop department listen to this episode and uh yeah holler hope you enjoyed it props frank escobedo guys a g so please enjoy it also one thing to note is frank and i are both latino and when we talk we talk with our hands so if you hear that pounding on the fist of the table that's because we're passionate and don't hold it against us appreciate it was making like no money you know working for the for the government back there sure. he got no money so i'm like yeah you know he was driving in his little porsche you know and i'm driving my old rambler i had a harley davidson but i had like no car <laughs> and uh and he had nice clothes and we'd go out and i'm just rags you know i was lucky to be able to buy a pair of pants and uh and i wanted you know i'm like wow i just wanted the money I said, man, that'd be great to be make that kind of money. So anyway, bottom line is, I could, I just couldn't get in. There's just no opportunity. So I gave it up. And then, like I said, I got in the army. I got drafted. Got out in '73. I got out in '72. And then he called me in '73 and said, the business is really picking up. He says they're really super busy. If if you're still interested, go out and give it another shot. So I ended up uh, going to all the different studios: Paramount, Universal, Disney. And uh, they put your name on the list, you know. Oh, okay, you go to the department, and they'll say, okay, we'll put you on the list, and then you don't hear from them again. About a month or two later, Universal called me. They said, you know, I, uh, this is Universal Studios. Uh, we have a 6 o'clock call for you for tomorrow. Can you make it? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will be there. So called in sick. To my Where were you county job, at? I was working for the Department of Public Social Services yeah. in Alhambra, and in near LA. So yeah, I I called in sick, and then I called in sick again, and then again, and after like a week, I'm like, okay, I have to make the decision. Do I want to? Because you know, when you're in as a permit, yeah, you could be a week, it can be two weeks. You don't know how long you're gonna be there. All right. But after about a week or a week, week and a half, I just decided, you know, I'm taking the plunge. So. I quit my job at the county, and uh, when I got in at Universal, I was one of like 55 permits. That's how busy they were. To have that many permits working, People. Very, very unusual. They had 23, 24 shows going at once, yeah. and it was just 
they were jammed. So I was actually at the bottom of the list, but wow. they, they got through everybody. And it wasn't <laughs> union back it. then, so it was just like... What's whole, that? It wasn't union back then? No. So? Well, everything was union. But you, you, get, you come in as a permit, you have to have 30 days within a certain amount of time to sure. be to get into the union. Okay. So when I first started, they, they call you a permit. You're a trainee, basically. Okay. So uh, I was fortunate. I was one of the last ones hired. But I was one of the last guys laid off because I busted my ass. Right. They put me in the warehouse at Universal, so I'm working there. And I'm people working in the warehouse are hiding because, you know, a lot of them know their dads were prop masters and yeah. they know the deal. And they go, they move feet, and then they go hide and sleep in the sofa or something. Yeah. And me, I'm just looking to work, you know. I'm like, what do you want me to do? I'm asking the, the, the warehouse foreman. He says, uh... Well, Frankie, yeah, well, why don't you sweep this, you know, sweep this floor and sweep it. And I'm like, yes, sir. And I'm out there right. and I'm sweeping. And he loved me. Of course. So as they lay people off, he's going to the office saying, I want Frank. Yeah. Don't lay Frank off. So I was one of the last ones to be laid off. By the time I got laid off, I already had six months in. So I was able to, I was already in the union. Right. But I was a three card. They had that three, two, one. I don't know if you're How's familiar that with now? that. You come in as a permit and then if you get your days in, you become a three card. Your, your union card okay and then it, you need to wait for a certain amount of months and then you go to a one a two card and then a one card a one before you can go to work as a three card all the two cards and the one cards have to be working okay so it's a kind of a ladder so like a seniority of whoever yeah. was first second Correct. and then third okay by the time they laid me off i was off for like four or five months the first year but then i got a letter from the union saying you are a one card we there was some kind of legality thing I don't remember. It's been so long, but I got my my notification from the union saying I was a one card. So I took that, went back to Universal because the only place I'd ever worked. Right. Showed it to the department head. He goes, Oh, great, Frank. Boom! I got a call like within a week or two. So it made that much of a put difference. Put me back in the warehouse. Yeah. You know? And now you know with my people, the guy that was in charge, and he's like, Oh, Frankie, you're back. Oh, that's great. And I'm working in, and now they're calling me occasionally if they need an extra guy to go on the, the stage to help out, set dressing, you know, they need an extra man. Frank, go to stage 25, go down, work on Marcus Welby, uh, worked on the Lucy show. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Worked on, uh, not the black and white Lucy show. No, the new one. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, the newer yeah. one in color. For sure. It was on, on stage 25. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then uh, I started working on Beretta. Okay, cool. Set dressing. Yeah, so working on Beretta set dressing. And, and, and like I said, my back has never been great. In fact, when I got a call, the first call to go to, to the studio, I just had a back strain right. working for the county, unloading uh, boxes of, of basically paper goods, heavy. Of course. And I strained my back, and that's when I got my first call. And I took it, and man, I'm unloading five tons. And my back, it's just got like ice picks going in my back. And I'm like, oh my God. But, and I'm sweating from yeah. the pain. But I keep my mouth shut. You know, I you just, need the job. I just, you know, I toughed it out. And, uh, and my back had never been the same since. You know, so when they called me back and I'm working on set dressing, I'm looking around on Beretta. Like, what can I do next? You know, uh, there's got to be another avenue besides <laughs> moving furniture. And I'm looking at these guys on the set. And I'm like, you know, we go in, we dress the sets, we leave. I go, well, you know, well, these guys, you know, they're, they're in props. And they're moving chairs. And I go, that seems like a good way to go. Yeah. You know? 
And it just so happens that one of the set dressers would bounce back and forth between set dressing and assistant props because mm. they'd need like two, three days out of the week. They would need a, uh, an additional prop, assistant prop guy. So uh, Jimmy Marchese, I remember his name, and he uh, he worked, he did that, and then he actually got a job, I think, working on the Hulk or something, uh, full time as an assistant. So then he asked me, "Do you want to go on and work my assistant job on Beretta?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'd love to." So I took over his position two, three days a week, working working as assistant prop master, third third assistant. And uh, I did that for one year. Then the next year, they built me up to second assistant. So now I'm permanently on Beretta. Yeah. So I, I did that for one year. And I was working for a prop master who was really nice. His, the assistant was his brother-in-law. He brought in his brother-in-law to work in. Because that's how it works. He was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> he was so slow. Yeah. He, wouldn't, he would sit in a director's chair. I never, you don't sit in a director's of chair. Of course not. Yeah. And he'd sit there and I'm running, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything. And, uh, and Tony's name, I shouldn't use the name, Tony would just sit there. And, and pretty soon Robert Blake started calling him Lightning. He says, where's Lightning? <laughs> <laughs> because this guy wouldn't move. Just right? running. Yeah. yeah. He says, where's Lightning? I go, Lightning's uh, somewhere on the prop truck. Well, Frank, go get me this, go get me that. So Robert Blake had me going left and right. Yeah. He actually, became, and he was not easy guy to get along with sometimes, sure. Robert Blake. You know, he had an attitude, a chip on his shoulder a little bit. But he treated me great. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I stayed on that show for, for that one year. And then the next year came around and I told Prop Master, I said, Joe, I'd love you. Thank you for the opportunity, but I can't come back and work with your brother-in-law because I'm dying over here. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Frankie, you don't. You can't leave. I'm like... I'm sorry, Joe. He says, he's, bottom line is, he let his brother walk home. Yeah. <laughs> and he bumped me up to set master. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So then I took over as set You recognize the work, right? Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and then I took over on the set and I hired another guy with me. Uh, and we did it for the last year. I think it was one more season after that and that was it. Sure. But then, you know, I went on to do other shows as assistant and then uh, I did my first show in 79. Which show? Buck Rogers. That? Buck Rogers? Yeah, in the 25th century. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's so funny. Working on Beretta, Robert was a unique character. Uh, I remember one thing. We were on the rooftop. We were shooting in L.A. every Friday night because Robert Blake loved shooting. He didn't have a personal life, right? right? So for him, the studio was his life. He had his own. He lived at the studio. Yeah. He had a little apartment that they fixed up for him at Universal. And he stayed. I mean, that's where he lived. And uh, so on Friday nights, all he wanted to do was shoot nights in L.A. And we're all like, oh, my God. You nights know? are the worst. So the calls on Friday were always 4 or 5 o'clock in the night. And then we go down. And and were you working 12-hour days from 4 to 5 till 4 to 5? Till 4 to 5 in the morning minimum. on Saturday. Yeah. 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 Until, day, until day came up. And yeah. then, bang, we, we wrap it out. But, yeah, I remember being on the, roof time, on the rooftop once. And, and I'm still fairly new at stuff. And yeah. uh, Joey, the prop master, had given me blanks. And we're on the rooftop. And... And we're doing a little shooting scene, and Robert, you know, fires the weapon, and it, it, it misfires. You know, it doesn't go off. Which was really often, or that happens often, for yeah. those guns. I mean, these are little thirty-eight revolvers, so they're okay. pretty simple, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, God, So okay. nothing came out, or it just wouldn't... Uh, nothing blank? fired. It didn't okay. fire. Gotcha. Know? It was like a misfire. Yeah. So I put in another round. You know, I look at the blank. It looks fine. Click. And now Robert's mad. Yeah. He says, what the hell's going on? I said, I don't know. I said, you know, let me try one more. Put another one in there. Click. Nothing. So he takes the gun 
and he throws it. <laughs> it skips on the rooftop. Holy hits shit. the hits the little uh, the like ledge. little retainer on over the side and down <laughs> into the valleys. I'm not on Fifth and Main. We're talking about Skid Row. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> my gun! It's yeah, a real gun, of course. You know, so blanks in there. But I'm scrambling a... now. I'm running down the stairs, and we're on the radio trying to get security to go around and get the gun before some bum, you know, or somebody yeah. walking by picks it up and takes it. Shit. And I go down, I grab the gun, and I'm like, oh, so now I go to the truck and I grab another box of ammunition. It yeah. was just bad ammo. Sure. You know, I put it in there. I tested it, and then it fired. And they didn't like to do a lot of testing. Because of gunshots it's loud, downtown, yeah. I mean, even though they notify the police, it was always like, "You don't fire a weapon unless right. you have to." So then it worked fine. But boy, Robert would just lose his temper. You know, it just yeah. go off. I mean, he didn't. It, it wasn't my fault, and he understood that. He just couldn't handle it. But yeah, then I, you know, I went from there. I did, uh, I did Buck Rogers in the 25th century. It was funny because back then, you didn't interview for shows. You know, like today, you would interview with the. Uh, with the unit manager Producers and then the producer yeah. and and, uh, and sometimes even the production designer. So how'd you get hired on there if you back, didn't get in? Back then, Universal had a department head, Frank Nifon, who was a really good guy. He would assign all the shows. Yeah. He had a board in his office, all the shows at Universal Studios, all the names of them, all the prop masters. He had them all in little pins, and he would assign himself. Yeah, so... Wow. I got so my just hours. that kind of power of just like I'm running everything. I'm running it. I'm. A, it's well, under their name, and that's, it puts pressure on him because right. he has to make sure he assigns somebody that he that can he trust. Knows, yeah. So <laughs> I got my my hours. You know, I, you have to have five back then. Yeah, I think it was five thousand hours. This is an assistant to get your prop master's card, and you had to take a test uh, to pass. What was on that test? Base, basic questions about matching you know what type of weapon would you use belt blanks sure. so, so on and so forth I never took the test oh really yeah I was getting ready I had my hours I told him I went into the office Frank I'm ready to take the test what do I do he says well hang on a second because there's some something going on with the test they're finding that I think that I don't know if they, they were saying that they were using it to keep people out uh, if they didn't like you if you went he had to go in front of a board of prop masters and if they didn't like you, they would fail you. Intentionally. Yeah. Regardless. And they were saying there was a lot of racism going on, blah, blah, blah. And he said, so hang on a second. And like within a week, he said, Frank, the test is now illegal. They can't give you the test. Oh, great. He says, so I'm like, So oh, was wait. he looking out for you, you think? Or he was just... Like, I think he was just trying to tell me what was going on. He right. says, it's just, if you take the test now, it could be a waste of time. Right. So uh, I never had a test. He says, he says, what would you do, Frank? If, you, if you're walking into a set and you have to light a match, but the director wants it brighter, what do you do? And I said, well, I would tie two or three matches together and right. then have them strike it and you get it. He's a bingo. You pass the test. <laughs> That's it. Just like that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay. Right. Uh, that was good. That was easy. So it's but, more of a creative, uh, or he was just messing around. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I guess people had, uh, you know, mentioned that I, I was pretty good, decent at what I did. Sure. And um, so I go in and I said, okay, uh, I think I'm ready to do a show whenever, you know, you're ready. So he grabs a script from the, his, you know, stack yeah. of scripts on his desk. He throws it out. He goes, here you go, kid. And I look at it, Buck Rogers in his 25th century. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I think what happened is nobody wanted this show. Right. You know, back then. 
uh, early, uh, this was already 79. Uh, There's still a lot of old prop masters that had been there for years and years. Yeah. And nobody wanted to touch the script, you know. Why do like, you think? It was just because there was no props. They hadn't done a space show, I think it was uh, Lost in Space or something. It was right. like 10, 15 years before. And so this was like the first new sci-fi. They were shooting other things at that time, like Galactica, mm -hmm. you know, was being filmed there at Universal, but there was no stock, you know, so. So you'd masters, have to be getting a lot of gear yourself. Everything had to be manufactured, yeah. everything. So nobody wanted to touch it. And I'm like, okay, you know, I grab He says, go down and talk to the UPM and blah, blah, introduce yourself. And I did. And I started, and that's, that was my first show. And it was a challenge. Sure. Uh, God, it was everything, every, and, and I didn't know. I was new in the business. My responsibilities, I'm like, what do I, you know, who does what? Right. You know? You're learning as you're going. <laughs> yeah, and of yeah. course, I'm ignorant. And the art department's got their hands full. They got to build every set. They got to, you know, it's, it's a mother. And, you know, episodic, you got a week. To right. create everything and it's how long impossible. were the episodes back then were they 30 minutes 20 or was it 40 I would say about 42 minutes or something okay. like so that so it's yeah. still an hour long with commercials with commercials yeah. yeah okay yeah so uh, yeah I'm, I'm I'm breaking down the script and I'm okay I'm highlighting okay all the props and you know weapons and communicators and you know anything that's scripted and uh, how much time did you have to break down a script well, usually you, I break it down in one day. Oh, you know, wow. I take it, I highlight it. What's, what do I have to rent? What can I purchase? How much do I want? How much are the purchases, the expendables, uh, manufacturing? You would know all that just one day of prep? You, well, that, that's just my personal. Then I would have to make the calls. So right. it would take me a couple of days. I'd go straight. Everything was in-house at Universal. They didn't want you to go off the lot for anything. Right. That helped. Because that cost the money plus. They, they wanted to keep the money in-house. Yeah. So I'd go down to the effects department and they set up a, a drafting table for me. Yeah. And they said, this is for you, Frank. You know, you can sit here and, because I thought I had to draw up all the props myself, which sure. I really shouldn't have been. I should have gotten somebody from, somebody from the art department should help me out. Yeah. <laughs> they should have gave me a designer, you know, Mine's because I, I, could, I have it up here, but sure. to put it on paper, a whole different ballgame. Yeah. You know, I used to draw up communicators, and I'm like, okay, I see this, I see that. This is the color, and these, you know, the lights, the blinking, with the switches. And then I take it in, and I give them the dimensions, and I draw it out. But you know, it's, and then sometimes I go pick up that prop, and I look at it, and I'm like, holy, this is a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I really was like, and they're like, well, that's what you drew up, you know. Blah, blah, blah. Here's I'm like, oh, bam, boom, in the dumpster. And, I'm, use it. and now I'm out improvising. You know, yeah. I'm making something else. I'm making something else work. And it was it was rough. I remember once we had this character, and she was like the queen or some evil queen, and she's gonna burn Buck Rogers' face off or something. Right. So they want a torch. They said we want this futuristic torch, self-contained. We don't want any cables going off. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, because back then it was, the technology just wasn't there. Right. So, you know, I draw it up. And, give it to the effects department they're they're working on it and of course we don't have a lot of time I just remember only thing I remember is I'm sitting there it was supposed to film that day um, and the, the director wants it hot he says I want this flame hot I want it like burning hot I don't want this flame I want it like a torch uh, like a welding torch and I'm like okay well like the guys were like that's going to take a lot of fine-tuning right. <laughs> so they, it's controlled they kept having issues and issues and, yeah. and finally it's time to shoot and and 
I'm standing behind the effects guy because they're waiting on the set. And behind me is the producer looking over my shoulder. Wow. So I'm looking over his shoulder and we're waiting for this torch, right? And it's, it's a beautiful thing. But he finally gets it and fine tunes it and he's like, bam, okay, we're done. And I'm like, oh God. And the producer's like, poof. Bam, we go to the set. We Boom, we fire it up. And then the cameraman's like, I can't shoot that. It's too bright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So so much of that I feel like falls to on like the last second, the last minute. They're like, "Is it gonna work? Is it gonna work?" And then you're just like, you "Okay." Don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know. You got your fingers crossed that you know. So if it was too out. bright, what happened? You weren't able to film that. Or? We had to turn. We, we did. You turned it. But well, we turned it to just a regular flame, which we could have had. We day one we could have had. had. Yeah, yeah. But that fine tuning took days to do to get that torch. And I didn't know because, you know, I, if, if it was later in the day, I could have said something about that. Sure. You know, how things are just too bright. The camera's going to black out, you yeah. know. Um, so uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was really something. So we ended up with a big flame, you know. Yeah. Was, and, and we looked fine. But was it like, at, did you guys actually burn a face or like wax or something like they that? They never Nothing. did. They got like close to him and then yeah. they, you know. And oh, then it cuts yeah, away. It was a threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He saved but, the day some yeah. other way. Yeah. But man, it was just... A lot of things, man. It was just one thing after another. Just I coming did. down to that wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The business was tough. And then I did, after that, I did Galactica in 1980, which was yeah. when they found Earth. I don't know if you remember that series with Lauren Green. And I worked as an assistant on that show for a little bit. Uh, a prop Galactica. assistant again? Yeah. So after being prop master, you went No, to that work? was before, actually, because oh, okay. they were already shooting Galactica. Okay. And I worked on it a day here and there. And then they had me in there as a cute card guy. <laughs> They're like, you mean cue cards for Lauren Green? Because Lauren Green was getting older. Sure. They couldn't remember his lines. And I'm not a cue card guy. I'm like, you know, cue cards usually they're this big. You guys you are in charge cards? of getting the cue cards? Yeah. They, they put me in charge. It really wasn't my job. Right. But they wanted to save money. It's all about saving money. Of course. So they, and I'm like, I don't know anything about it. What is a cue card? You know, but I'm, so I have these cue cards. I'm getting yeah. these grip boards. <laughs> And I put like two paragraphs on one board. And then as Lauren Green is looking at it, I'm raising it kind of to try to keep his eyes on this. Yeah, to have his eye line so that he's looking where they want. And then he would lose his place. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then, you know, they started complaining to me. I'm like, guys. He's the one that... You know what? And and they ended up hiring a cue card guy. Yeah. And these guys are good, man. Their printing is perfect. They get just enough lines. They don't even look at it. They just go boom, boom. They they stack those things and everything went well. But it was really funny. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't complain. I'll do whatever they tell me to do. Yeah. But uh, quite an experience. Just such a, like, film thing where we'll be like, who can do the uh, cue cards? Just make a PA do it. Make a prop person. It's just like, no, there's a person that knows how to do that. Actually, it's like a union job. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know they try to get away with as much as they can. That's just the way it is. Yeah. That's the end of episode one. Again, episode two is also out, and there's more stories out there. We get right into it. For more, visit solopicturestudios.com. That's www.solopicturestudios.com. All right, cool. Recorded live that episode in Santa Clarita, and part of it in LA. All right, peace. <laughs>